Have you ever hired a psychic just to end up with an overzealous Facebook stalker? Did you ever hire a private investigator just to find out that he couldn't pass the mall security cop exam because he couldn't ride a Segway? Well, you're in the right place. This is Strange Shenanigans. I'm Ashley. And I'm Stan. We'll be your hosts. And I have a question, Stan. Yes. Did you not pass the mall security to ride your Segway? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I would not get on a Segway. And I was never mall security. That's true. He was never mall I security. Was hospital security. <laughs> but, but just like the last comment really had me wondering, is there for once something about you that I don't know? No, you know it all. <laughs> no mystery here. Um, we're going to be talking about some uh, some strange things. One of them fairly recent about a uh, about a psychic. What do you got, Ashley? Well, I'm following the same suit as scams. Ooh. And I found a million scams that I'm now, like, obsessed with. So where's those <laughs> documentaries? Yeah. But these, these two caught my eye. Um, obviously, the history of game shows. Ooh. That'll take me, like, eight seconds, though. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Every game show is a freaking scam, guys. <laughs> but, um... One that I found really interesting, most scams, when you see them, you know, they're a scam, they get founded, they go to court, they cease to exist. The business yeah. or corporation, this business or corporation did not, and I'm very curious about it. Yeah. You want me to start or you can start? Yeah, yeah I'll start. All right. Let's hear about your psychics. Okay. So when I was a teenager, I found this, like, site online that would read you your tarot cards automatically. Yeah, I remember. And I would just, like, keep redoing it till I like, got the answer <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> Mr. Smith sat at his kitchen table in his small mobile home. The heat was unbearable. At the age of 78, he couldn't handle much more of this weather. He almost felt better that his wife was in the hospital and not enduring this hellish heat. But the pile of unpaid bills before him, sitting opposed to his last $50 beside it, was a stark reminder of her situation was no better. He longed to be close to the love of his life, but with his failing health, small dilapidated home, and his wife's Alzheimer's, he couldn't provide her the care she really needed. He couldn't afford the, the home care nurse or keep her cool or comfortable in the sweltering heat. As he stared down at the piles of bills he could never repay, holding back tears, the dirty corner of a letter he had not noticed before caught his eye. He slowly slipped it from under the stack of debt collection letters. It was, a hand, it was handwritten and addressed to him, but he had never seen the name before. He opened the letter hesitantly. As he pulled out the handwritten note and read, he was uh, overcome by emotion. He read as his woes and worries were addressed by this wonderful stranger he had never met before. She reached out personally to help him, her words wonderful and beautiful. She could see into the past and the present and knew every intimate detail of his past. She had a way to help him. He just needed to get back to the post office. He scribbled out a letter of sincere thanks and shoved most of the last of his $50 into the envelope. He didn't have gas for the car, but he was determined he could make it, to the, make it on foot. And this couldn't wait. The heat blazed his tired skin as he shuffled his way down the dirty road. He clung to the letter desperately as the heat drove sweat down his face. As he barely reached the door after his long trek, he waited, waited in the line, and he could start to feel the world spin around him. Before he could help it, he felt his eyes darken and his knees give way. The postal clerk rushed to, his, to assist him, and another employee called for an ambulance. The old man slowly raising his weak arm with the letter to the clerk. Please, he pleaded. It's, it's the only chance I have left. 
The words quivered from his mouth before he once again lost consciousness. As the EMTs wheeled the old man out the door, barely alive, the clerk looked down at the dirty, sweat-covered letter. The address foreign, but the name of the recipient clear. To Maria Duvall. Ooh. Ooh. And who's Maria Duvall, this woman who knows everybody's intimate details and everything about their life? Well, Maria Duvall, actually Maria Carolina Gamba, was... Uh, a psychic in the south of France who attained a tiny bit of notoriety in that country and then sold her name to a giant corporate organization <laughs> who then handwritten and hand-typed millions of letters to desperate, sick, poor, old, barely literate people promising them by using data collection and... Uh, all sorts of other means of collecting their personal information that she knew everything about them and could help them for the low price of $40 a letter. Oh, jeez. Most of these people didn't have any money to begin with. And she promised them all sorts of things. Wealth, the healing of, of their loved ones, mm. all sorts of crazy, fantastical things, all of which was never going to happen. Um... Maria Duvall successfully uh, mailed out scam letters and defrauded millions of people out of at least $200 million wow. in 20 years. That's a lot of zeros. Targeting the sick elderly uh, through the combination of her personalized letters. Um, it took until 2016 for the American government to completely outlaw the fake letters altogether. Jeez. Yep. Um... Let's see here. Gamba sold the rights to the uh, psychic services of Maria Duval, which was her st stage name, uh, entering into a contractual agreement with a group of people who used the name to promote the sale of astrology cards as early as the 1990s. And uh, then it was her name and copyright was sold again, and uh, they developed the mail scam where they'd, look, they'd search out using... Uh, uh, internet databases and, you know, collected consumer information and stuff to find out, you know, oh, this person's dying of cancer. Let's tell them we can cure their cancer with a magic crystal we're going to mail back to them that the psychic has put power into for them. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, but she used all this personal information to convince these people that she knew all these things and was a real psychic. Holy... Um, Let's see. According to uh, CNN, uh, the scam was controlled by uh, uh, two European companies, Astroforce and Infogest, both uh, being owned by Jean-Claude Raleigh, who eventually <laughs> sold his assets to undisclosed buyers. Uh, the group that now and still operates Duval uh, is using the same, same exact model. Just online? Just, yeah, just everywhere's now, and they can't, they can't get anything into the United States where all the money is really anymore. Oh, so they're stuck outside of yeah. the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the letters would appear to be handwritten, contain personal uh, information. Uh, they'd even go as far as to put coffee stains or other sort of things that would happen as you were writing out a letter right. into it. Um, some of the, the victims 
started out with the $40 per each correspondence and then were promised, you know, fantastical things as more information was fed to them about themselves to the point where uh, individuals were robbed over thousands of dollars a year. Um, It's, uh, well, letters have been found in dozens of countries, um, including the United States and Canada. The Canada being, once uh, they started investigating it, a lot of it was being run out of Canada after a certain point because it was just easier to fake it all there and ship it not so far, you know? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she, she hid her involvement through a bunch of shell companies and all that and uh, still continued to get payments until uh, 2020. Wow, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it still operates in a lot of places. And uh, if you want to know more about it, I didn't get to look, read this yet or w- look into it. But uh, there's a there's a interview, A Deal with the Devil, A Dark and Twisted True Story of One of the Biggest Cons in History, which is uh, all about the entirety of uh, her her and her her scam and how she's how she's deep embedded into it but like an italian mob family has since she's at the top has managed to distance herself from, from the actual <laughs> right? criminal activity it's just my name not yeah. a big deal yeah i sold I my name. name i have no connection to this you know that sort of bullshit but uh actually uh, uh the the united states got a bunch of people extradited uh and especially the canadians and they, they they all paying fines and serving jail time it's, it's, there's a there's a few of them that are still out there just outside of their reach, but uh, InfoJest and the the other one there, uh, that they they can't uh, send any any correspondence into America at all now. Jeez, that's vicious right there. Yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty twisted. That's a long scam. Well, she 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 took the 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 baseline model of how your basic psychic operates right, right. by collecting information from uh consumer or stuff and then also consumer databases and then now you've got facebook instagram twitter oh we make it Tumblr, so everything. easy you, everybody puts their personal woes out on the internet and then is surprised when a stranger knows exactly right? every detail now is a life. great time to be a psychic right? oh my goodness you know, i could be all a you gotta psychic. do is hold your smartphone under the table where they can't see it right fabulous Hell, with facial recognition, if you've got the money, you could just set it up and have a nice little screen of everything really that's ever could. happened in this person's life. It'd be like a spy movie. Down, <laughs> down to every friggin' house they've lived in in their life. Wear your little spy glasses and everything just yep, pops exactly. out at you. Yep. No, it, it, it's, and people are like, oh, well, that those people are stupid. They were skimmed through the mail, blah, blah, blah. People voluntarily walk in and sit down in places where somebody's doing the exact same thing every day and pay a lot more than $40 yes, for it way more mm-hmm. and nobody really understands until they're that desperate yeah exactly. you know it's no different than people with let's say gambling addictions yep. when you think about it well they're so desperate to win that one time and then be done yeah and then if they get pretty close to winning that one time well guess what i can do it again and be done. Yeah. So maybe there's these few occurrences well, where, hey, I wrote she this. Actually, uh, she actually combined the two in, in America a lot of times because she would, she would get, when she knew she was running it, running it dry. Yeah. Or, or, the, or whoever was writing the, the correspondence that they had pretty much gotten what they were going to get out of this person. They tell them, oh, in this last letter, 
you have to you have to submit this this payment so that she can do this research and all this blah 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 and then uh she'll be able to provide you with winning lottery numbers so that you can walk into the gas station and win a million dollars. Right? It's just desperation. So she just combined the two the two, you know, ultimate moves of desperation. Yeah. I mean, know. well, your first a couple letters, maybe something good actually happen and it's just coincidence. Yep, exactly. But then you're like, "Hey, something great happened." Gotta keep this up. Or she it's also working. could. Be, they also used the. Well, you didn't correspond with us, so these bad things continue. Or to was it a timely matter? Yeah, or... exactly. Yeah. Gee, something awful. Right. Okay, we're gonna be right back with Ashley's uh, ongoing schemes. Okay, we're back. Take it away, Ashley. Have you heard of the McKenzie Corporation? I have not. So, funny enough, I hadn't either. It is located in Irving, Texas, and I feel like we all should have heard of this because it is, like, the richest pharmaceutical company in health information technology and medical supplies and care management tools hospital company ever. Okay, then. Yeah, bazillion gillillionaires. So they deliver a third of all pharmaceutical use in North America, and they employ 78,000 people. They have a revenue of 200, 200, 264 billion dollars. And that was in 2022. Yeah. I mean, the CFO himself, his net income is 1.29 billion. Wow. Yeah. Massive. And you know what the funny thing is? Yeah. This company existed on a prohibition scam. Oh. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> so they're the um McLeod family bought or really was Philip Masuka and they bought this company in nineteen. 19- 37. And the funny thing about Philip over here is that he was incredibly popular in 1937. He had a great criminal career of fraud, but was beloved and never really caught. (laughs) He even, um, when he was going under the name Donald Coster, the Republican Party was trying to seek his nomination (laughs) for president. So this guy's all over the place. And he's just, he's pretty awesome for a scammer. Okay. So by the time he was 30, he had already been convicted of fraud twice. But again, this is in the 30s. It was pretty easy to change your alias. Like, I'm living in the wrong time, really. So the first time he was convicted, it was for avoiding import tariffs by bribing customs officials to record incoming shipments at a fraction of their true weight. Then his second conviction was using forged invoices to obtain large bank loans. Yes. So then he went to the name Frank D. Costa to conceal his criminal record. And he founded the company Delphi Pharmaceutical Manufacturing Company. They manufactured high alcohol content products. (laughs) But they were hair tonic and cosmetics. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> Adelphi's best customers were bootleggers who bought huge quantities of the company's products and distilled the alcohol to make booze <laughs> so then this guy gets even better in 1925 he was donald coaster and he was a medical doctor and phd <laughs> i bet he was he used his profits from selling alcohol during prohibition brilliant guy to buy now the biggest pharmaceutical company ever Mick Kesson and Robbins. Then it was already 90 years old and that this company only sold milk of magnesia, cough syrup, and quine. I would love to see the cough syrup they were selling in 1925 though. <laughs> so he was obviously in the right market. So for 12 years, uh, Coaster or Costa or Musica <laughs> or, <laughs> or what was his other name I called him? Oh, Musica. It was still Musica then. Yeah, so he ran this company, and he built it as, like, the largest pharmaceutical companies. Rexel and Walgreens were his biggest rivals. Oh, shit. Yeah. So to inflate McKenson, he reported assets while skimming cash into his own pocket, <laughs> and he needed help. So he enlisted the help of his three baby brothers. Yep, that's how it always goes. Yep, and we know the big brother, come on, your baby brothers will do anything. Yep. So he enlists the help of his brothers, and they also invent the company W.W. Smith, which was a letter-writing plant. They had seven typewriters, a special typeface, and a unique supply of stationery. Now... One of the baby brother's role was to write purchase orders from W.W. Smith, because they were the company that wrote these, bearing the names of fake companies and clients. And then he then mailed them to McKenson, the pharmaceutical company, to make it look like they were making money and getting orders. <laughs> then another baby brother, and his name, was, uh, his alias, was Robert Dietrich. Sure. He was placed in charge of the shipping department of McKenson. He would forge the shipping documents that, you know, from the orders that came from other baby brother mm -hmm. from the Smith Company. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, forge the shipping documents to make it appear that inventory was being delivered to the McKenson Pharmaceutical Company because they are going to legitimate customers that don't exist. Mm -hmm. Then there's another baby brother, <laughs> and he went under the name of George, and he was appointed as the McKenson assistant treasurer. He would transfer money between numerous bank accounts to create the appearance of cash payments for purchases and cash receipts from customers. For each sale, the McKenson and Robbins Pharmaceutical Company would pay the W.W. Smith & Co. a commission of 75%. Remember, W.W. Smith is fake. <laughs> it was not, I guess, I guess now it would be like a purchasing they were, company. They were, they were laundering money into their own accounts by... By different companies, yeah. different... These guys were amazing. That's awesome. So these four Musuka brothers divided the Smith commissions among themselves with Philip, the oldest brother, and he was getting the largest share because he was, you know, he was the mastermind. He was yeah. doing all the work. So the best part of this is the McKesson-Robbins fraud was not discovered until 1939 when the company stupidly hired a treasurer 
named Julian Thompson. And they became suspicious of the large payments McKenson was making to W.W. Smith & Co. So Thompson attained copies of the credit reports from Dunn and Bradstreet that had been used to satisfy McKenson's auditors whenever they were audited from the Smith Company or the McKenson's Company. And when he showed the credit reports to the Dunn and Bradstreet, he learned that the Dunn and Bradstreet credit reporters of the time had never even heard of W.W. Smith & Co. And that the credit reports he had were forged. <laughs> exactly. So it took another week for federal agents to finally arrest Coster, fingerprint him. But then they released him on bond. Then the next day, the investigators discovered that he was the respected businessman, Donald Coster, and let him go. And then when they looked into more information, they realized that, oh, yeah, they did have the right person. <laughs> it was the twice convicted Philip Nusuka. <laughs> they then found him because Nusuka, as brilliant as he clearly was, he wasn't dumb enough to flee the country like yeah. he should have. And then he took him into custody. Well, they tried to take him into custody. It's, they ordered to take him into custody, and then instead, unfortunately, he took his own life. Oh. But the McCanson Robbins fraud led to lots of changes in how our government audited companies in general. After four months of hearings, during which they had 46 witnesses, and they produced 3,000 pages of testimony... The, they recommended that non-officer members of the client's board end up nominating auditors, and the auditor are elected by shareholders and the whole thing, and then that's how we ended up with the American Institute of Accountants because they appointed their first standing committee of auditing procedures, and because of this great frosters and the still-functioning billion-dollar McKenson company, that's how we pretty much invented proper auditing. Crazy. Bam. What? Very crazy. So, but I, the brothers still got arrested. All, all I can think, you know, is is you you know that this these guys came from a, a big family. It's like, isn't that a, every mother's worst fear in a big family <laughs> that her her five successful boys are all actually just corrupt as crap yeah and yeah absolutely and i know which one of my kids might actually pull this off and it's not the oldest boy and funny enough that you say that because i've always said he's either going to be a great man a convicted felon or the dictator of venezuela <laughs> i know exactly what he's gonna do okay that's all we've got for you today i'm stan i'm ashley you can find us uh at The Strange Show on Twitter. You can find us on The Strange Show on Podbean and Tumblr. And don't forget to find us on Instagram and TikTok under Strange Shenanigans. You can also find us at The Strange Show Podcast on YouTube. Find us everywhere if you try hard enough. You can email us at strangeshenaniganshow at gmail.com if, I don't know, you have a topic you want to talk about. If you want to tell us how great we are. you want to tell us how horrible we are. Whatever. If, if, if you're a psychic and you're you're Looney Tunes, go right ahead. Give us some contact information. Ooh, we'll I'd love to have you as a guest. Yeah, right. If That'd you're just fantastic. some weirdo who's hunting Bigfoot, um, 
let me know. You can come on our show too, and I'd probably join with you. This guy <laughs> over here, he doesn't think he's real, so we'll see. Keep it strange, folks.